Welcome to Cogill Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. I'm film critic Gary Cogill, and today two new films, including Rocket Man, the music-minded biopic on the life and times of Elton John, starring Taron Edgerton, he plays the piano-playing superstar, and Jamie Bell as his lyricist Bernie Taupin, and the Disney big-budget live-action musical Aladdin, starring Will Smith in the title role, and our good friend Navid Negaban as the Sultan. Yay, Navid! Yay, Navid! Way Yay, to go! Navid. I'm wine expert Haley Hamilton Cokehill. From the first note of Rocket Man, I was intrigued, and as each musical masterpiece revealed itself, I became more and more elated. To pair with this musical wonder, a nod to lyricist and dear friend of Elton John, Bernie Taupin, is due. We'll toast with one of Cliff Lede's Rock Block Wines and the writer's current exhibition at the Napa Valley Winery. And for our Middle Eastern Rags to Riches star, Aladdin, we'll travel across the world to the country of Armenia, where wine has been produced for over 6,000 years. It's pretty fascinating. Yeah. First, let's talk about Rocketman. I love this movie okay. so much. Why did you like this movie so much? I don't, I just like the very first, I think it was so well done. I think the story is very interesting, but just from that first dance number, yeah. I just, I don't know, I was just in. I was completely in. You know, I we, we were reading some things about it because it, 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 the reviews and some of the articles are, this is a different kind of musical. And they were right. Yeah. They're correct. This is not, it's not Bohemian Rhapsody at all. No. It's a completely different style of film. Uh, I'm going to say- It's like Bohemian Rhapsody meets La La Land. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a lot of La La Land yeah, in this because of- A lot of, of big dance Of numbers. how they, they take and visualize through dance- um, what a lot of the yeah. songs mean, yeah, and they they you know they did that in Bohemian Rhapsody, but not through dance numbers. It was through the emotion of what he was going through. But they do that, and then they add dance to this. Yeah. The choreography is really choreography is cool. great. Well, and it also because it does take you from from Elton John's life as childhood right. to you know maybe what ended mid eighties ish, yeah. yeah. Um, and and it was a really great way to fast forward in his life by taking by taking you know there's one scene where he's a teenager and then it fast forwards into probably you know late teens early twenties all through one song all through one choreographed choreographed song, song. Yeah. yeah and it was really hey that cool. dancer he just aged yeah. Elton just aged and there he is <laughs> and wow how cool was that yeah. so it's ninety one percent on Rotten Tomatoes which is pretty high it's directed by Dexter Fletcher. And get this, Dexter Fletcher is the guy that directed Taron Edgerton in Eddie the Eagle. Just such a sweet Which is movie. a really cool little film yeah. about Eddie the Eagle, the ski jumper. And uh, I think I think uh, um, Hugh Jackman was in that film. Yeah. Wasn't he yeah. the coach? Yeah. But also, Dexter Fletcher, uh, remember when we go back to, and we'll, we'll always refer to Bohemian Rhapsody, but Dexter Fletcher replaced Brian Singer, the director. On Bohemian Rhapsody and finished that film. Kind of came in and fixed yeah, it. Yeah, because he was the director was let go, basically fired. Yeah, and uh, and and then they brought in Dexter Fletcher, and so I I think this is a better film than Bohemian Rhapsody. I think it's more complicated. It's more interesting to me. And listen, I really thought that was a fun film and really great to watch. But this is this is on that level and better in many places. Uh, Taron Edgerton, who was in that animated musical called Sing. Uh, he was in the Bad Robin Hood film about a year ago. Uh, and, of course, he was Eddie the Eagle yes. in, in that film. And then Jamie Bell, who can do no wrong for me. Uh, he was the original Billy Elliot in the movie Billy Elliot. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was also in King Kong and Snowpiercer and Fantastic Four. Um, I think this, because the movie begins in therapy, yeah. 
uh, very difficult therapy. And it, this, that therapy session that they keep going back to is fascinating yeah. to me in this movie. Um, it, it's really uh, the, the, how horrible parents can be to children yeah. and how you spend your whole life trying to work it out. Yeah. And that's, and that's, trying to please that's the early story of Elton John. Yeah. Horrible father. Bryce Dallas Howard plays his mother, who has glimpses of being good. Yeah. But just says horrible no, things. No, she's terrible. And you don't you don't get over those things that people say to you when you're a kid. No, you never do. Yeah, and and his whole his whole life up to the point, and then the drug use. And I, I read this interview with Elton that he was he was saying he didn't want to hold back on just the crazy life he lived of for who a while. He was in the film, you know. Yeah. And they do a little, you know. There's a there's a footnote. I don't want to give stuff away, but you know, he's been sober for a long mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And uh, but up to that point, he's Elton John is lucky to be alive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just as many. Excess. You know, I think that we see that a lot with yeah. with many. Um, stars of their day uh kind of when you have what did you say he was making a million at one point he was making a million dollars a day i mean he was taking in royalties over a million dollars a day and he was spending like a million too yeah i mean it was just some there was a crazy part of elton's career where it was all this bankruptcy talk and all kinds of things and he finally got it all straightened out but um yeah it's like when you look at willie nelson and go how did willie get an irs trouble (laughs) that guy's written so many songs he's gotta just have checks coming in all the time yeah so but I, I, and in the, the Bernie Taupin angle of this, I have always been, um, you, you know, I'm not a piano player. I don't really play piano, but I can play a little piano. But the people that inspired me to, to at least learn a little bit how yeah. to play was Elton John with some of those early notes in those yeah. early albums that Bernie, that he wrote with Bernie Taupin, you know, Talking Old Soldiers, yeah. um, all these, uh, you know, all, all these just amazing songs, Burn Down the Mission. Uh, you know these those piano notes on some of these bending the jets just that first yeah. note always yeah you know exactly what's intrigued yeah. me and and uh, along with Billy Joel but he just his piano playing I mean he was a virtuoso as a child and mm-hmm. and it and plays a little bit on that in the film so I I'm I'm all in I think Bernie Taupin wrote some of the greatest lyrics ever and the way they worked together was so. It was just so beautiful, and there was a there was such a, a kindred, you know, a, a true love and 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 friendship and yeah. and brotherhood. I think that that seems to play out really really beautiful. It's interesting. One of the guys or a music guy at work last night played your song, and as I was you know standing there, my Tommy Bahama it's hostess a little does, bit funny. Just listening to those words, there's such a. a a beautiful sincerity yep. and 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 understanding what you know kind of that means and and why it's so impactful. I, it's yeah, yeah, really, really lovely. And, and before we move on, there's a scene. This this scene in this movie is so good. It's when they first when he first plays the troubadour in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So he flies from England, and he's always heard about the troubadour and. And then they walk in there, and 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 uh, famous people are sitting there. Yeah. Neil Young's hanging out at yeah. the bar, and and with Neil Diamond, yeah, and, and all the Beach Boys, and, and the Beach Boys <laughs> are hanging out, and they're going to hear this guy that they've never heard of do his first set yeah. in L.A. And that 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 recreation of that sequence is just, and that catapulted his career. Yeah, it started everything for him. It started a lot of the creepy people that came in and you yeah. know, wanted to run his business for him. He wasn't very good at that. Well, and it just shows you there's such takers out there, and that's where I think the the relationship between between Elton John and Bernie Taupin really plays yeah. out beautifully. And you know, at some point, 
the people that that love you can only take so much and so they've got to step away and let yeah. you kind of figure you know figure your own stuff out and it's good when you can come out on the other side it and is and a lot of people before. don't yeah you know, elton hit bottom and then figure it out yeah and so we've heard him before yeah and oh that, my god i mean that even now he is great yeah oh my gosh he's amazing his voice is great his piano playing is great it's just it's special stuff. and and he has a, a the work that he has done now you know kind of post post rock bottom mm-hmm. is so impressive he's raised so much money for for aids victims and hiv victims mm. and and given so much and and again putting kind of his story out there is really really beautiful yeah in fact he finally had to live his own truth yeah you know, there's a scene where he comes out to his mother and uh and you think you know, and the mother says something like, well, well, of course, of course duh. I've known this, yeah. duh. And then she just says horrible yeah, things after that. She's a horrible that. mother. Yeah. She's a terrible mother. And uh, it is true that you spend your entire life just seeking the approval of your parents. And, yeah. and it's so easy. It's just so easy to... to 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 be to be a good parent, it's just so easy to you know support your child. I love you. Yeah, yeah. hug your hug your kids. Yeah, be yourself. It just you know, um, granted, genius comes out of 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 trauma often, but God, if that father had just hugged that that oh. little boy as a child, what oh. what would have you know? I don't have words for the dad. Yeah. Ellen's dad. Okay. Um, so I love kind of this whole thing that Stags or that Cliff Letty Winery in yep. the Stags Leap District of Napa Valley is doing right now. We've talked about Cliff Letty many times on the show. They are one of my favorite wineries in Napa. But Cliff Letty, you know, is a true kind of music super fan. And when he purchased his Stags Leap property, I want to say in 2002. Um, had to start kind of replanting and changing some things up. And so instead of being uh, traditional and just naming his vineyard blocks A, B, and C, he named them after his either favorite musical artist or favorite songs. And so every vineyard block within the Cliff Letty estate is named something different, which I kind of love. You know, Mm -hmm. it's Dark Side of the Moon or... Or the current, so, and then every year he takes a different uh, group of these blocks and kind of creates his ultimate blend that he uh, notes as the rock block wine. So the current blend is actually the Soul Fire Cabernet, and it's a blend of the rock block from the Heart Full of Soul from the Yardbirds um, in their Poetry Vineyard, so kind of up on the hill nice. right by Poetry Inn, yeah. and the Doors Light My Fire block in the Twin Peaks Vineyard. So those two parcels come yeah. together as kind of his ultimate musical Cabernet for the year. Light my fire and heart full of soul. Which is even cool. Okay, so then he has these great vineyard blocks and then kind of fast forward a few years as everybody in Napa tries to figure out how to have the coolest tasting experiences. And so he started the backstage tasting experience. And so within their winery, kind of in the back part of the winery, he has a tasting lounge um, that's called Backstage that is filled with music memorabilia. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. It's got really great music always playing. And then he, as he loves art almost as much as music, um, is constantly bringing in different exhibitions from different artists, often with a the musical theme. And so right now through the end of June, 
he has kind of the exclusive Northern California exhibit for these pieces of work that Bernie Taupin created based kind of on his 50-year career as a lyricist for Elton John. And so throughout this whole uh, kind of tasting lounge, you can go in and and have a, a, a kind of visual musical celebration of of kind of how Bernie Toppin sees some of these the you know the words that he has written over the years now put into into art which I just think is really cool. I think that's cool and also Bernie Toppin's been very accessible to a lot of press. I mean he used to come on the t- the show that I used to host in Dallas and 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 still does. I mean showed up uh, again a, a few weeks ago. Yeah. And you wouldn't you'd never cuz nobody know what Bernie Toppin looks like. Right. Right, and he's just this unassuming guy that's written some of the. I mean, Madman, Madman across the water is one of the greatest piano riff songs ever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so it, it's very yeah. cool. I, I yeah. again, it's just through the end of of June. There are a handful of different ways to kind of take this in, from just kind of going and doing a curated tour to just going and sitting and having a glass of wine and and the lounge and having this whole experience. But I just love this, and I love the opportunity to introduce. You know, when you go to Napa, your idea is that I want to go and drink really great wine, eat in some really great restaurants, and, you know, have a good time. We talked about the the whole wine country experience a few weeks ago with the wine country movie. Um, This this adds another note. This adds another um, kind of artistic element in in the whole artistic, you know, artisan world of of really great wine. So I love it. I'm I'm very, you know, bravo to Cliff Lede for for making this partnership. And again, if you can't make it out there, pick up a little bottle of of these gorgeous rock block wines. How do you spell Cliff Lede? C-L-I-F-F, like Cliff. And and then then L-E-D-E. L-E-D-E, Cliff Lede. When we come back on Kogel Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing, another live-action remake of a popular Disney animated musical. The great Will Smith pops out of a lamp and sings his way through Aladdin. (laughs) And we will be right back. Welcome back to Kogel Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. So Haley and I have actually liked most of the Disney animated films that have been turned into live action films, starting with The Jungle Book. Well, which we Cinderella. Was Cinderella, The Jungle lovely. Book. Beauty and the Beast was quite good. Yes. Um, oh, I can't wait for Lion King. Our sights are very high for The Lion King because that's John Favreau, the director of The Jungle Book. Well, and it's just magical. And Cannot it can, wait. It can be. And so now it's all about Aladdin, starring Will Smith as the big. Blue Genie. So it's getting a little bit of a wrap on Rotten Tomatoes. It's only 56%. Wow. I think that's because it's directed by Guy Ritchie. Ritchie. (laughs) And, you know, he did Snatch and Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, which I think are his best films. He did did the Sherlock Holmes films with Robert Downey Jr. And he did King Arthur, which was okay. Wasn't he married to Madonna? Yes. (laughs) That's that's part of it, too. Uh, I think this is a better film than 56%. This is actually film worked for me. I went in with my sights kind of average, and I was pleasantly surprised. Of course, Will Smith, uh, Six Degrees of Separation, Men in Black, Independence Day, Concussion, uh, he's got a film coming up with called Gemini Man, directed by Ang Lee, oh. and co-starring Clive Owen. It's coming out in October. 
uh, Naomi Scott is the girl, is right. Jasmine, and she was in The Martian uh-huh. and one of the Power Rangers, uh-huh. which I find funny. Is my voice cracking? Yeah, a little yeah, bit. Did I just reach puberty? And then our buddy, Navid Negabon, who was in Words and Pictures, and he was Abu Nazir in Homeland. He was so the bad guy good. in Homeland. Oh, so good. He was also great in American Sniper. Mm-hmm. He had a nice little part in that. He was in Charlie Wilson's War. And this whole, this whole musical turned into live action with a lot of special effects. It's just a big, huge, kind of joyful film. It's not perfect. It's pretty loose. Yeah. But it's got some cool scenes. And I think Will Smith is actually really pretty good in this film. I think film. Will Smith is very good in this film. I think that the that the cast is actually really good. I, I read a few things also. And I know that that maybe there was backlash because there was because of some of the casting. Right. And you know, who is Aladdin and where is this place? A lot of what I, I kind of read was was this kind of very loose interpretation of 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 where um, Agrabah actually is, mm-hmm. and that is, is it a Middle Eastern um, country or city? Is it in the Far East? Is it in China? And and I think that there was backlash because Aladdin was was cast as a, a Middle Eastern actor, um, but Jasmine was cast as an Indian actress, mm-hmm. and a lot of people didn't think that Jasmine should be Indian. Right. Which I, you know, I think it. It. Why does this even really matter? It's. It's right. a. It's a. Fa- it doesn't exist. Though thirty percent of of Republicans supported us, like going being uh, going into a war against Agrabah or something when they were when they were surveyed. Because it doesn't <laughs> because exist. Because it doesn't even exist. It it's, doesn't it's not, exist. It's fictitious. There's a freaking genie coming out of a lamp. It's not a real. They're place. Middle Eastern, so therefore we need to go there. It, yeah. I'm I'm sorry, the factoids right. you read on the internet, but um, I thought it was very—I thought it was very sweet. And you know what? If Rotten Tomatoes doesn't like it, I think that 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 every single person in this film is laughing all the way to the box office because it's made like what four hundred fifty million dollars. Yeah, it'll, it'll hit a half a billion this yeah. weekend. Yeah, yeah, it's a freight train. Yeah, and that's a lot. And I love yeah. that. Good for good for them. Good for Naveed. So it's, so Naveed is our friend because we worked on a film called Words and Pictures for a few years and. And he was our school teacher. And Clive Owen was, or he was a, a school superintendent. Yeah. And Clive Owen was our, our teacher along with... Um, um, Amy, or Juliet. Juliet Benoche. And Amy Brenneman. And Amy Brenneman. And so we got to know Navid. Navid was the actor that was the most successful, uh, accessible of yeah. all of them. And uh, we'd hang out with him. And he's just the nicest guy. He's an Iranian actor who uh, moved uh, out of his country early. And uh, and, and then be, he's just been in a lot of really interesting little parts in films, has directed some of his own stuff and made some short films. Um, but he's just, he's really good in this film. And knowing him and knowing that he's Jasmine's dad yeah. in the movie, I only have the animated reference to go by. So when you see him live action in here and to see him dance in the credit scene just made me laugh yeah. i i just think this is a really cool guy and we well you know, it's nice having a connection watching a movie that of somebody that we know yeah, that's in a that's film that's well. make, making a half a billion dollars yeah. you just kind of go oh way to go navid way well to go. and it i i'm really good in it and i love that disney is doing these you know how do you how does disney continue to reinvent itself in the yeah. in the world of fantasy and and to me this is this is I I like that they're doing these live action films I well, think it's the, really cool I think the knock is that it's a big money grab and the money grab but these films have been good yeah you know if yeah. you're gonna 
I mean, what are they going to do now? Do virtual reality? Oh, that'd be cool. I mean, these John Favreau is a good director. You know, Lion King has high expectations because the Jungle Book was so good, and Cinderella was good, and Beauty and the Beast was really, really good. So these, you know, the chance to make these and make them on a really high level, um, I, I don't see why they wouldn't do that. Yeah, if they were making really cruddy films right. if they weren't we wouldn't good. even be yeah hardly it's not talking a part of the conversation but these are good films so and i think it's a good message it's a girl power message it is it's pretty simple um but it's kind of elaborate yeah. and they've got some you know the scene coming into uh prince ali Holly is he ali ababwa that scene that entrance into the city is a really cool yeah. sequence so i I'm all in. It's fun. Yeah, it's I like a really. It. It's not the movie of the year. No, it's a really great summer movie, especially. Yeah. you know, I think any child that sees this will be transported to a magical place, yeah. and so good on Disney. Yeah, way to go. And as I said, there are all of these controversies about where Agrabah exists, but if you listen to the narrator in the opening of the film, he says, "Welcome to Agrabah, city of mystery and enchantment." The finest merchandise this side of the River Jordan, which would make Agrabah a city between Jordan and Israel, okay. making a wine from their slightly northern neighbor, twice removed, Armenia. They make wine in Armenia? They have been making wine in Armenia for 6,000 years. Get over yourself, 4, really? 4,100 BC. Wow. They have dated, in 2011, there were a group of researchers that found like an archaeological site that they that they believe was one of the oldest wine kind of presses huh. um that dates yeah to 4100 BC and it's basically Wait, 4100 BC. Yes, so 6000 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, like that's a really long time to make wine and there's been since then lots of uh, wine has always been made, but I'm not saying it's wine that anyone would ever want to drink. I know yeah. that during like when the Russians came in, they for they pushed other types of wine, like a lot of brandy was being made, a lot of um, maybe not, uh, maybe more like quantity versus quality wine. So just over farming and you know not not really anything that anybody would would be very excited about. But thankfully, it it really in recent years that is changing and it's really an ideal uh, an ideal place to make wine it's volcanic soils so you have kind of where the um the kind of the, where europe and and the the arabic area mm-hmm. kind of comes together so you have all of these kind of volcanic lots of seismic activity in the this very volcanic soil it's super high elevations so like 2500 feet to like 5000 yeah that is high for um, for, yeah. for growing wine the fact that you can grow wine at 5000 feet is is amazing you have very very hot days you have very cool nights so you have great freshness like everything that that should and as long as you have water which they do because it does rain, um, you can grow really great fruit. Oh. And so the last, you know, maybe, I don't know, half a dozen years, there has been this nice resurgence of, of wine production, um, kind of taking, uh, taking more of the quality standpoint. So lower yields, um, 
And really one thing that I, I do love is celebrating the indigenous varieties that have been grown there for thousands of years. And though there, there are still a lot of farmers that are trying to, or are growing Cabernet Sauvignon and growing Merlot and growing kind of all the, the classic international varieties. It's the, the indigenous varieties that, that have that true sense of place that I think will be the, the most exciting thing and, and is kind of finding some, um, these wines are finding a, a place throughout the world and finding an export market because they are so unique and so different. And, you know, I can't even pronounce half of them. It's like Serini and Arini and Coquette and Vosca. Tot. I'm so sorry. I'm no. so sorry to the Armenians that I don't know how yeah. to pronounce these great varieties. But that's, I think that that's what's so interesting. And it was kind of, you know, when I did my trip to Greece a handful of years ago and met a lot of these winemakers that were so focused on making Cab and Merlot and and your your international varieties that you can find anywhere. It's like no, I want to I want to drink Zinomavro. I want to drink Argitko. I want to drink the wines that tell the story of place right and that's how you that's how you distinguish yourself and it's kind of you know what i've i've always said if you're gonna drink if you're gonna if you're gonna drink a variety drink it from the place that it comes from if you're gonna drink tempranillo then drink rioja if you're gonna mm-hmm. if you're gonna drink a moscato drink it from italy don't you know there every anybody can make anything but to find where its home is and then yeah. to really celebrate that I think it's interesting. One of the the best that's kind of doing this is actually an Italian that has moved to Armenia and started Zora Wines and um, using his whole thing is to do it the traditional way. So making, you know, aging wine in clay pots, using indigenous varieties, farming organically, farming clean. Um, and in 2012, Bloomberg named the Zora one of the Zora wines as <laughs> as the best wine in the world, which I thought was really. And silly. Zora is not Z O R A. Z O R A H. Yes. Zora wine. Yeah. So. And clay pots. And 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 it's so they're not using French barrels. They're not using barrels. No bariques and and but there are some that have now. There's actually a Swiss winemaker that has moved there and is yeah. kind of bringing more traditional winemaking method, um, um, production methods with classic indigenous varieties so it's it's an exciting time and i think that that's where as a whole you just when you think you know a little bit about wine there there's there every there's so much more to learn so i remember when you went to europe on one of your trips maybe it was the greece trip where you saw one of the early yeah in crete in crete and then to this at 4100 BC, bc yeah is mind-blowing to yeah. me yeah it probably doesn't age well well, you know, the, hey, they find they find bottles at the bottom of an I've ocean. Got a, all I've the got I've got a two thousand and five Chateau Montalayon. <laughs> Let's try that forty one hundred from our. <laughs> I think it's kind of fun. Yeah. Next time on Kogel Wine and Film, a perfect pairing. More films and television shows worthy of attention, including a film we're looking forward to seeing called Book Smart. It's directed by actress Olivia Wilde. For more on our discussion today, please follow our blog on kogelconsulting.com dot com or through Facebook. Follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Cogill. And to see what we're drinking now, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Dallas Uncorked. And with that, I'm Gary Cogill, and I'm always looking for the next great film. And I'm Haley Hamilton Cogill, always in search of a great glass of wine. Join us next time on Cogill Wine and Film, a perfect pairing. Aloha. <laughs>